Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you that your word is true. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, dividing asunder the soul and the spirit. And Father, even unto the joint and the marrow of the bone. Father God, we thank you that everything before you, our hearts, our lives is open and you see it. And Father, we ask you to work in us and through us and help us to be a blessing in everything that we do. I thank you, Lord God, that every one of us this morning, our hearts are good ground good soil to receive the word of God. And as we receive the word of God this morning, we'll mature and grow in the things of God and we'll be a blessing because you've made us a blessing and everywhere we go, people will know that Jesus is alive in every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we've been talking about not being ashamed. Turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. I believe that, that it's time for the church to rise up. It's time for believers to rise up and to be counted. What I mean by counted, let people know that you're a Christian. Let people know that you are a Christian. And then by doing this simply is that in different situations and different settings, what's going to happen is this, is that people will recognize who you are, and then when they need something, everybody say need. When they need something, when they need prayer, when they need help, guess what they're going to do? They're going to reach out to you. They're going to, they're going to say, I need help. And because you have stood up, you are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. They're going to say, listen, I know what you have. I know what I see, and it's real, and I want it. Can you say amen to that? Let's read together. I'll be reading from the New King James, and then we'll read from some different references as well. Let's read together. In fact, if you have Romans chapter 1, 16 and 17 with you, when I say read, ready, read, let's read together. Ready? Read. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm the only one reading. Hold on. Ready? Read. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also to the Greek. All right? Now, that's the first. That's why I want us to read this together. That's our text this morning. Now, listen to this text reading from the Good News Translation. Here's what it says. I have complete confidence in the gospel. It is God's power to save all who believe, first the Jews and also the Gentiles. For the gospel reveals how God puts people right with himself. It is through faith from beginning to end. As the scripture says, the person who is put right with God through faith shall live. Everybody say live. All right? So I have questions for you, and we're going to talk about a few things, and you can help me out with this. But looking at our outline, here's a thought. To most people, to most believers, understand this, that the gospel, now some of you, some of you may think, wow, really? Is this true? But the gospel is an embarrassment to some. The gospel is an embarrassment to some. What do I mean by that? That, it, that it's embarrassment. We talked about on last time because we're not ashamed. Say, I'm not ashamed. Say, I'm not ashamed. And then we have to ask ourselves as believers, then why would the gospel be an embarrassment to some? And here's what I mean by this. You know, we've been in different settings, and I thank God for self-help. There's nothing wrong with that. I thank God for the 12-step program. Man, that's awesome to help people, you know, especially if dealing with alcohol or dealing with drugs, and that's wonderful. But then what happens a lot of times is that we as believers, we'll get into a setting, and we're talking about self-help. We're talking about things like that, and then no one as a believer ever mentions the gospel. 
ever mentions the gospel. Now, why is that? I mean, are we embarrassed? Is it, we're like, well, I don't want people to know that I'm a Christian. I mean, are we feeling uncomfortable? Because the thing is this, thank God for the 12-step program. Thank God for AA. Thank God for all those wonderful programs, you know, celebrate recoveries. We, want, we celebrate people's lives that are recovering. But here's the thing. That it is the gospel, it is the word of God that's going to change lives and change lives forever. And what we have to do is put the word out. I said put the word out and not be ashamed or embarrassed of the gospel. Now, have any of you ever been, been placed like in an, in an uncomfortable situation and people simply ask you, what do you believe? Man, that's a wonderful opportunity to say, here's what I believe. And we should not be ashamed. Because being ashamed of the gospel simply means that we are embarrassed of the gospel of Jesus and who he is. But we're not. We're not of those. Amen? We're not embarrassed. We're not ashamed. And so here are some things that, that I want to share with you this morning. Some, some are ashamed of its main character. That's your blank. What I mean by main character, some are ashamed of Jesus. And, and here's why. Because there's those people that will get across, you, you, I mean, face-to-face. They'll talk to you. They'll talk about Jesus. They'll take his name in vain. Have you ever been around folks like that? Sure. And they'll be in, in a setting. How about even the office setting? Or how about like at an office party or you go out, you know, people are at dinner and they're talking about, you know, using the name of Jesus in vain. You know, I believe that if they do that, then we should give the Lord equal time. I, I, I believe that. And what I mean by that is like someone says, you know, they say, you know, like the way they say it, not like Jesus Christ or oh, Jesus Christ. You understand what I'm saying? And then we say, yeah, praise him. He's worthy. And you understand what I'm saying? They're like, what's wrong with that person over there? And they're saying like Jesus, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's worthy. I love him. Something like that. So, you know, what we need to do is learn how to give him equal time. Okay. You know, of course, you know, you can have fun with that. Try not to be overboard. We've got to stay balanced, you know. You know, because, you know, you can also get your little praise on when you do that, too. Because they say, Jesus Christ, what's his name? You know what I'm saying? You can just, you know, but it just depends on, it depends on you and how comfortable you are in that setting. Because they're going to go, man, what's up with you? Say, hey, man, you're talking about Jesus, man. I love him. He's my Savior. He's my Lord. And I'm just, I mean, I'm just worshiping with him. He said, man, that's not what I'm doing. I said, I know. He's taking his name in vain. But you don't, you know, the ugly. But don't be embarrassed. All right? He's the main character in the gospel. So the gospel is talking about Jesus. And so you see that, number one, Jesus is his main character. And, and understand this, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We find this in John 4, 14, 6. Let's turn there together. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Now, what I, why am I pointing that scripture out to you? Because there'll be others to say, I believe this, I believe that. I've done this and I've done that. Well, some will say, well, yeah, but what about heaven? How do we get to heaven? I believe there's multiple ways to get to heaven. Well, I will tell you what we believe. What we believe is we believe the word of God. We believe that Jesus is the way, that Jesus is the only way. Amen? That is not through Muhammad. It's not through Hare Krishna. We'll just tell you exactly what we believe according to the word of God. Say the word. Notice what it says here in, John, in John's gospel, chapter 14, verse 6. Look at it with me. It says, Jesus said to him that I am the way. Notice, he said, who's the way? I am the way. He didn't say that Muhammad was the way. He didn't say Hare Krishna was the way. He, he didn't say any other religion or any other name was the way. What did he say? I am the way. Not only that, he said, I am the truth. I am the truth. And we need the truth. And then he goes on and says, and the life. No one, everybody say no one. No one comes to the Father except through 
me. So, obviously, as we see in the Word of God, the only way to heaven or the only way to the Father is through Jesus. Jesus is the main character in the gospel. And we have to not be ashamed, not to be embarrassed to claim him. I said to claim him. You know, we see people with bumper stickers, you know, that are on their car. We see people with, on the back of their T-shirts, and, you know, it has a church. Might, we even have our logo on our shirts and stuff like that. You know, but what we have to do is remember that when people see us, they're watching us, how we act, they're watching us, you know, every word that's coming out of our mouth, what we say, and things of that nature. No, are we perfect? Of course not. We're going to talk about that. But I will tell you this, though. We can still claim the name of Jesus, and we don't have to be embarrassed at all. Come on. I mean, everybody else, I mean, what do you do at the Super Bowl? Let's not talk about the last Super Bowl, but what do you do when you're watching the Super Bowl? I mean, what do you do? People are like, yes, they're shouting, they're excited. You know what I'm saying? When we come to church, we should be excited. We should be shouting, praise the Lord. Y'all did wonderful this morning. I'm just saying this should be all the time. I mean, if you're comfortable with lifting your hands up, you're not embarrassed of Jesus, lift your hands up. You know, or how about, have any of you ever done this? Like you, you walk in an aisle, you know, at Walmart or someplace, who knows, you're shopping. Man, God has been good to you. You're praising God, and all of a sudden your hands go up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Have y'all ever done I mean, come on. And uh, people are like, oh, now if they, they're a believer, they said, oh, that person is excited about Jesus, right? They know that, you know. Or, or have you gone through, I mean, you know, and just dropped the praise the Lord. I mean, this is exciting to me, and people recognize who you are. I'm not talking about being fanatical, crazy. I'm talking about staying in the middle of the road. Everybody say middle of the road. See, because there's people that are on, I mean, they, they take it, they go one side of the ditch or the other side of the ditch. What we want to do, okay, is stay in the middle of the road. I'm not talking about being obnoxious. I'm not talking about being rude. What I'm talking about is just simply saying, I love the Lord. I love Jesus. I'm a believer. Amen. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my Lord. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed. I encourage you, don't be ashamed. Don't let anybody back you down in the corner when when you're talking about who you are. Don't let anybody make you feel bad about being a Christian because you are a child of God. And God loves you. Amen. And cares about you. All right. So let's go on. Then it says here, number three under some are ashamed of its main character. Number three, neither is there salvation in any other. So there's no, there's, there's no other salvation in anyone else. I know we've heard it over and over again. This is what I mean by, by not staying in the middle of the road. There are people who will say, hey, you know what? Then it's, it's, you can go and you can serve Muhammad or you can serve, you know, this person or that person, Buddha. What the case may be is the scripture says there's no salvation in any other. And I'm not ashamed to tell it. Now, I'm not going to get into this long discussion and arguments with people. We shouldn't either. Are you listening to me? None of us. But what we need to do is to let them know what we believe. That there's the Bible says. Everybody say the Bible. That's right. The Bible says there's no other person. No other person. Let's turn to our Bibles, Acts 4.12. There's no other person. Neither is there salvation in any other. There's no one that's going to, going to be able to take you and I. Listen and actually forgive us of our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and give us access into the kingdom of God. No one other than Jesus. No one other than Jesus. Are you listening? And so it says here, there is no, there is, there is there salvation in any other, nor is there salvation in any other, say other, for there is no other name under heaven given. So there's no other name. Let's settle the issue. There is no other name 
no name under heaven among men, that's given among men, by which we must be saved. That settles it. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the name that was given by our Father, our Heavenly Father, Father God, that said he is the only one. Jesus is the one that came and died on the cross. Jesus is the one that was beaten, battered, and bruised. Jesus is the one that said, I'll go. And guess what? And he did. There's no other name. And don't let anybody tell you, try to convince you, you know, any other way that to go to heaven. There's only one way. And that one way is who? Jesus. Jesus. Let's go on. And then B. Let's look at the letter B. Some are ashamed to admit that they need it. Need what? The gospel. Have you ever been around? Have you ever been around those folks? I mean, I, listen, I, at a point in my life, I was like, I don't need that. I don't need the gospel. Are you kidding me? What's that for? Man, that's, that's just for weak people. You know, come on. You know, or some guys say, man, I'm a man. I don't need that. I'm, my own. I'm a man's man. I don't need all that, right? See, what happens? They hate to admit the fact that I have a need. How about you? I don't know. Maybe in your life you felt that way. Man, I got it all together. What do I need Jesus for? What am I going to admit that? Because if I do that, then I'm admitting what? Weakness. I'm weak. You know, but Jesus is strong. There's nothing weak about him at all. Amen? And so, but it's just, man, it's just our philosophy. Or we could say it's just the world and how they, they view Jesus as being weak. And so men, some men and women will say, no, if I, if I choose to serve Jesus and, and I let everybody know I'm a Christian, they're going to think I'm weak because I can't, I can't make it on my own. It's not about trying to make it on your own. It's about loving the one who died on the cross for you so you don't have to make it on your own. Come on. It's about him caring for you. It's about, listen, it's about us worshiping him, and it's about the Lord meeting and taking care of all of our needs. It's about serving the Lord. That's what it's about. And so we understand this. And so, you know, we have to, some people don't want to admit it. They'll think, oh, man, you know, way, you know, if I do that, then, then guess what? Then, then all of my buddies in the office, they're going to think, dude, what's wrong with you? You're going to church? Men, a lot of times because of our pride. I'm just saying because of pride. Now, understand this. God has given us an ego, every one of us. And I think men, sometimes this, our ego can be a little bit more inflated. Ladies, am I right about that? It can be, whoa, okay, just being honest, right? David, don't look at it like that. Man, no, it's okay. But it's true, right? So what we have to do with men, we have to understand that, that we have to help them. I think what happens a lot of times in this is that unless a person realizes that they have a need, then what happens? They don't reach out. They don't pray. They don't trust God. So... Until something major, perhaps, a crisis comes up in their life, what happens? They don't cry out to God. But, man, something major, a car wreck, they lose a family member, someone gets strung out on drugs, someone, I mean, dealing with alcohol, someone being abused, raped, anybody in their family, all of a sudden there's a need. And then all of a sudden what happens? We're crying out. But we don't have to do that. Thank God for their crying out during that time. But they don't have to wait for something like that to happen to cry out. We have to teach people and let people know about the goodness of God and that it's the goodness of God that leads men and women to repentance. It's the love of God, the goodness of God, the love of God. And so, and every one of us, everywhere we go, we should let people see and know and hear and observe the love and the goodness of God. So they'll have a want to on the inside of them to say yes to Jesus. I said to say yes to him. Amen? And that's what that's all about. So let's go on. How about this one in our notes that we're looking at B? In fact, in fact, no, let's turn here. Let's turn to Romans chapter 10. There is none righteous. Now, let me say this. 
that we have to realize, people will say this, they hate to admit it, man, I, I can't, no, man, I can't do that, I can't live that kind of life, are you kidding me? No way, you know, but here's the good news, none of us can't on our own, we need God, aren't you glad about that? That there's none righteous. There are people, have you met a person that felt like, hey, man, you know, I got it all together. I don't need Jesus. I mean, and there are people who live good, I mean, great moral lives. But see, but they're still not going to get them into heaven. Jesus is the only way. Can you say the only way? I mean, I know great people. They do great works for the community. They're doing great things for people. But they've never accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. They never have. And this is why we must understand that we have, to, we have to introduce them to Jesus. Romans chapter 3 verse 10 says this, that as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. For all, everybody say all. Now what does all mean? All. That all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Number two, we've all sinned. You see here in Romans three twenty-three. just go down a few more verses. It says again, for all have sinned again and fall short of the glory of God. So it's, it, we understand the truth in God's word, don't we? All right? Now let's go to three. Number three, nobody is perfect. Say perfect. Listen, none of us can ever just, I mean, do everything we know to do. We can try. We can be everything that everybody wants us to be. We can get up. We can go to bed. We can look right. We can talk right on our own. But no one is perfect. And so we have to let people know that God loves you just the way you are. I know this. I mean, I mean, challenge, maybe you felt the same way that, that before you came to the Lord. You're like, man, I've got to wait till I get my life right. I just can't. Hello? Excuse me? Wait till you get your life right? No, your life is not right, and you need Jesus to help you get your life right. But a lot of times we wait because we're thinking like, oh, man, no, why would he care about me? Why would he love me? I'm not perfect. I'm going to wait until I get things taken care of. Have you ever heard that before? Or maybe you said that before. I know I had. And seeing what happens is we tell people there's no time like the present. Right now, today is the day of acceptance. Today is the day of salvation. So we want to encourage people to say, listen, you don't have to wait anymore. Jesus loves you just as you are. He's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for people that would just simply allow him to love him. That's what he's looking for. People that just care. People that just care. And if we just share that message with people we come in contact with, we're not trying to take the gospel and jam it down their throats. We're letting them know that God loves them and he cares about them. We're not trying to be crazy out, out there doing, you know, just things that are going to turn people off from the gospel. You know, that's not who we are. We're going to just teach the word of God. We're going to love on people. We're, we thank God for miracles and healings and demonstrations. We thank God for that. But we thank God that we can get out ourselves and represent the kingdom of God in touching people's lives. And God using us to change their lives. That's what it's all about. Can you say amen to that? Amen. And so as we continue to see that nobody is perfect. And so maybe you know people that says, well, I'm just waiting around. I'm just waiting to get my life together. Just encourage them. Forget it. Stop waiting. Man, let's pray today and ask Jesus to come into our hearts. All right, let's go on. Letter C in your notes. Some are ashamed to preach the consequences. In other words, some are ashamed to preach the consequences. And we're, we're going to talk about that concerning the gospel. Look in your notes. It says this. Some are ashamed to preach about hell. I want to encourage you that every church, let me say that again, every church should be preaching and teaching about hell because hell is real, just like heaven is real. 
and we should not be ashamed to preach the gospel, but we should not be ashamed to talk about the consequences and what the gospel has for us, all right? Now, number two, they claim that the reason why a lot of people don't, don't some churches, you won't ever hear them talk about hell because they feel like it's offensive. I said offensive. Come on now. And so, therefore, it's like I don't want to run anybody off. I don't want to talk about hell. I don't want to talk about it because people won't come to Jesus. Let's just talk about this wonderful flowery gospel. But you know the truth of the matter is that hell is real. And hell is real. And we have to help people because we love them. We want to teach them and share with them about the love of God. We want to teach them about heaven. We also want to teach them about hell because the Bible has a lot to say about that. Number three, but there is a real hell for those who reject the gospel. Think about this. How many of you, let me ask you this question. How many of you know right now, probably, I'm sure you're, you're friendly, you have a lot of friends because you look like a friendly bunch, okay? So what I'm saying is this, whether it's on your job, in your family, immediate family, extended family, how, how many of you can say at least you know three or four people that are not born again, that are not saved? Let me see your hands. You know some people like that? Okay, good. Thank you. And so what we have to do and, and understand this is that is that. Jesus died for them. You have the truth right now. You have the gospel. The question is, what are you going to do today, right now? Let's say if today was it, this was the last day. I mean, this is, we had to give everything that we could give today. Everybody say today. And that, and that, listen to this. And that at the end of today, the world as we know it is going to end. What would you do? What would you do? How would you contact family, friends? What would you tell them? Because you have the truth. They're lost. And you know, as you believe the word of God, that if they die lost, that they're going to go to hell. What would you do? How would you reach out to them? And that's the thought I think we all have to, we should be thinking about because just as heaven is real, Hell is also real. Turn in your Bibles with me. Turn with me to Revelations. Revelations chapter 21, verses 6 through 8. There is a real heaven to gain, and there is a real hell to shun. Revelations chapter 21, verse 6 through 8 says this. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the foundation of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. Everybody say all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, says, sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone which is the second death, Revelations 21, and as we read here, verse 6 through 8. Why am I sharing with you this morning about reading from the book of Revelations and talking to you about hell? Because hell is real. And what we have to do, if we love, you love that person, you love that family member, then you're going to do your best. Love is going to cause you to go forward and to reach out and to talk to them and care about them because you're saying, listen, I don't want you to die lost. I don't want you to die lost. Jesus paid the price for the world, the entire world, to go to heaven. And he wants you to come. 
That's the love of God that he wants us to share with people. And therefore, the only way that we can do that, family, I'm talking to you this whole quarter about, about witnessing, about evangelism, is not being ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Say ashamed. Number two, our second point. The gospel is a powerhouse for believers. That means, A, letter A, listen to this. The question is, where is the power? See, the gospel for believers, every one of us here, if you're a believer, then the gospel is a powerhouse for believers. The question is, where is the power? Number one, it's the same place it has always been. It's the same place it's always been. Number two, here it is, it's in God's word. The power is in God's word. And then number three, when God speaks, things happen. Say that with me. When God speaks, things happen. So where is the power? The power is in the word of God. That's why I encourage you. When you come to church, you know, bring your Bible. You know, spend time throughout the week studying. Have your personal devotions. Read the word of God because there's power in the word. Let's go on, letter B. The power is in the word of God. Turn to Psalms chapter 107. Psalms 107, verse 20. You'll find yourself flipping through the Bible because we're going to just want to teach you how to find scriptures that will help you when you need them. And if you don't mind marking in your Bibles, then get you a highlighter, get a pen, mark in your Bible along those lines. And if you say, well, man, this is a really nice Bible. I really don't want to highlight it or mark in it. Let me know because I'll buy one for you. <laughs> Amen? So that you can do that. So I'm just saying, because, you know, and that's fine because there are some, that, some Bibles we want to, you know, I just want to mark it. That's cool. But I'll get you one you can mark up. Praise the Lord. All right? So Psalms 107, verse 20. We said the power is in the word of God. Notice what it says here. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. That's power. That's power. He sent what? His word. So there's power in The word, where is the power? It's in God's word, Isaiah. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8. There's power in the word of God. As long as we're teaching the word of God, as long as you're sharing the word of God, there's power that's going to be released as people are hearing the truth of God's word. My references are coming from the King James Version, New King James. And it says in Isaiah 40, verse 8, we're talking about the word. Everybody say the word. And it says here that the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. The word stands forever. Let me say that again. The word stands forever. Circumstances will come and go. Issues, you know what? They're going to happen all the time. People are going to like you. People are not going to like you. But the truth of the matter is this. God's word stands forever. Forever. Isaiah 55. Let's turn there. Isaiah 55, verse 11. Isaiah 55, 11. And it says here in Isaiah 55, 11, we're talking about God's word, is that so shall my word be. So here's what the Lord is saying. So shall my word be. We read this earlier. That goes forth from my mouth. It shall, re- not, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. This is God's word. Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be. Everybody say word. So shall my word be. When we use the word of God, understand this. It goes forth what God has promised. It'll prosper in that thing that you speak it to, that situation you speak it over, the word of God. 
Because it says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. So if we're speaking God's word over our situation, over our circumstances, it's not going to come back void. In other words, it says here, it will, it shall accomplish what I please. We have to see God's word working in our lives, working in family members, working in your friends, working in the lives of those people that you care about. You just speak the word of God over them. Maybe, you know, you, I know they probably haven't come to the Lord yet, but I want to encourage you to do this. And we've, we've done this before. Get a piece of paper, create a hit list. Everybody say hit list. And what you do is you put that your Christian hit list. And this is what you do. You list their names on there. All people that you know that are not serving God right now, put their names on there and pray for them. And as you begin to pray for them, you know, every day, and you say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that, that, they, that their hearts are turning towards you because, you know, God's not going to override their will. We know that. But we can pray for them that, Lord, we send laborers across their path and just pray that so the Lord will send someone that will connect with them, that will talk to them, you know, be able to, that they'll be able to open up their hearts and receive the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as you do that, you pray for them, and everyone, as you see them get saved, you just check it off. And you go to the next one, just check it off. Amen? So just create a list of people, and that's what we want to do, and they'll come to the Lord. All right, let's continue here. Letter C. Then it says here, as we get ready to close, all right, it says this, simply this. The letter C, what we've been talking about this morning is this, simply, simply put, that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. God does not want us to be ashamed. Amen? And our text is Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, which says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also to the Greek. We talked about this morning that the gospel for some is an embarrassment, but it's not going to be for us. Can you say amen to that? Not an embarrassment. A, we said that this main character, of course, we should not be ashamed because this main character is Jesus. And then we said B, when you look down the letter B, some are ashamed to admit that they need Jesus. And we have to work with people, understand where they are. We've been there. We've gone through things in our lives. Amen. You can relate. And just, just reach out and pray for them. And then we said, as we're looking at 11, uh, the letter C, some are ashamed to preach the consequences. We have to let people know that, hey, listen, you know what? This is real. The gospel's real. Jesus is coming back. He loves you, but he's coming back for you because he loves you. And share that with them. And then lastly, I want to share with you as we just finished here talking about where is the power. That's, we're talking about where is the power. The power is in the word. But many people, and here's your blanks, many people don't want to hear the word. You have to understand that. Many people don't want to hear the word. But here's, here's what happens as we're sharing the gospel. Here's what they say. This is in your notes. They says, tell me what it means. But don't tell me, you know, it says, it's tell me what it means, not what it says. What does that mean? What does that mean? So you're going to run across people all the time. You start talking about the gospel, and, and then they can probably make up excuses, you know, making up excuses and making up excuses. Understand this. They're not perfect, and neither are we. And see, you know, and if we are, if we are perfect, we mature to the place where we're supposed to be, then it's time for us to go to heaven. Amen? All right, but we are maturing. We are being perfected in every area of our lives. It's a process. Everybody say process. 
So when you see that person, I'm praying that God, that God will open up our hearts and we would have compassion on that individual to reach out to them. All right? Number two, they are avoiding, here's your blank, they are avoiding the life-changing power of God's Word. Now, and here's why. There's people that know all about the gospel. There's people that were raised in church, but they're avoiding it because they want to continue to do their own thing. They want to continue to live the way they want to live. Oh, man, I don't know about all this. I don't, I'm going to continue to do this. I, I'm not ready yet. But we have to let them know, again, that God loves them and, and, not, and not, you know, uh, scare them into being, you know, you know, you know, talking about fear as far as being saved. No, just let them know that there's a God that loves you, that cares about you, and just continue to pray for them. That's what we do. That's how we reach out to the lost. And then number three, understand this, that they need to read. We're talking about God's Word, that they need to read it and hear it and meditate on it and believe it. That's what simply happens. So God will use you in different circles and different situations that you, whenever you get an opportunity to stand up and represent the kingdom of God, I encourage you to do that. Do it gladly. Do it with a smile on your face. You know, people just say, man, what, what is that about you? How come you're always so happy? Well, we should let them know why we're happy. No, happy doesn't mean perfect. Happy. Happy. You know, I'm usually a very happy person. I really am. Early, I'm a morning person. Anybody have anybody like that? Wow, okay. You know, you know what happens with morning people? In the morning when they get around people who are not morning people, you know what they tell you to do? Be quiet. Making too much noise. But listen, we don't have to be quiet about the gospel. Amen? Come on now. We don't have to be quiet about the gospel. And then what happens usually as a morning person, when they get ready to go to bed at night, guess who's up at night? The person who's not a morning person. They're a night person. And they want to keep you up. You know what I'm saying. But that's Okay. That's okay. We're just different. We're just made like that. What I'm saying simply is this, is be happy. You have a reason to be happy. You have a reason to be excited about the goodness of God. It's because God loves you. He not only loves you, but he loves everyone else. He loves the world. Come on. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. See that person. Will you bow your heads with me? Close your eyes. I want you to, with no one looking around, I want you to think about that the people that, that we mentioned, maybe have perhaps flashed through your mind earlier, that you know they're not saved, that you know that they need the Lord. Well, well with that, I want you to go ahead and, and say, Lord, I want you to begin to pray for them right now. Lord, I, I'm praying for them right now. I want you to begin to just, just speak, pray over them and and, and just ask God to send laborers. Come on, let's do that. Let's do that together for this moment of time. Father God, and I'm praying my prayer with people I know. Father, I pray for them right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, you know who they are. Father, I pray. I pray for this person, Father. I thank you, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray for laborers. I pray, Father, for just guidance and wisdom. I'm asking you, Father God, that, that you'll send someone that will be able to talk their talk that will be able to be a blessing, that will be able to say something that will encourage them, and that their ears will be open to the gospel, that their heart will be able to be softened and receive. For, Lord, I know that.